Welcome to episode 9 of The Process, Hustle. Martin. So today we have Jeffrey Pope on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Hey man, thanks for having me, fellas. It's a pleasure, honor. We appreciate it. Can you tell the people about where you're from? So I'm from Miami, inner city, Liberty City. The city is uh, most native Miami individuals know it as. Uh, I grew up in um, Scott Projects. 74th and 23rd, uh, born in Brown Sub. Um, yeah, so public housing, one public housing to another. Um, but I was fortunate enough to kind of, you know, grow up the, mo- the majority of my life in one place, which was Scott Projects. Scott Projects. Can you tell the people about what it was like growing up in Scott Projects for the people who aren't familiar with Miami? Um, like any other, like most other uh, public housing uh, communities, man, is, is it was a lot like a family. You know, what I mean, you can uh, go to your next door neighbor for the things you need: bread, milk, you know, sugar. When everybody was hitting hard times, man, we all kind of leaned on one another. So it was a great experience in a in that in terms of family environment. But at the same time, it was the concrete jungle, man. It was it was rough, man. You had to be able to, you know, grow up amongst wolves at the same time. You know, what I mean, it's it's a it's it's a you, you grow up fast in that type of environment. Um, I'm grateful for my experiences. You know, I was uh, off the porch early, meaning that I kind of was uh, exposed to a lot. Um, so, kind of seeing those type of things around me just kind of started my experiences kind of early on um you know man i can start from the beginning man i was when I, my mom was pregnant with me you know two months before i was born my, my my father was killed you know what i mean so you're talking about a single parent at 21 with two kids you know my dad dropped out of school in, the, in middle school and he was out in the street so he was just a natural hustler you know what i mean and kind of in that life and uh 
due to that, you know, he was he was he was lost at a young age. He was only 20, 21 years old when he died. So just kind of, you know, being brought into a world, man, no father. You know, I had a lot of loving uncles and, you know, family members, but growing up without a father, man, I think that's a that's a challenge in itself for any young man growing up in Miami or any inner city. Yeah, that, that's definitely tough. Uh, I was also raised in a single parent home. Uh, how did you manage to navigate, you know, out of your circumstances? Uh, I think for the most part, man, I've always been a, I've been pretty, uh, I'll say very, very like strategic in the, the choices I made. Um, I knew early, man, that I had to be like the man of the house, man. So I've seen, like I said, a lot, you know, I've been in a drug environment, you know, just kind of the hustle um, environment my, most of my life. So I uh, just kind of, man, at a young age, man, just, just I grew up fast, man, and just try to find ways to help my mom. So I'm the second oldest of seven, you know, so it's five under me. So I've kind of, I've literally seen five kids born, you know, after I was, you know, after I was born. And uh, just trying to find ways to make life easier for my mom, man. And I used to, you know, at an early age, 9, 10, 11 years old, you know, out just hustling, just like, you know, catching the, the, the Metro Rail down to Dayland South or to Coral Gables or, you know, uh, South Beach and selling M&Ms and, you know, just making money and bringing it back home to my mom just to try to figure out a way to make things easy. So for me, I kind of just, whenever I would take trips to those places, I would, like, fall in love with the environment in terms of man nice cars you know beautiful homes just like the the nostalgia of like you know what i'm saying that the lifestyle that i would have liked to have that i didn't have when i went home so it was a way of kind of being removed from my reality and going down and you know just enjoying those things so like i think it was a blessing at the same time because it exposed me to uh different things like you know my that the world was bigger than just my community yeah, I think that's very important uh, to have those to, to be able to get get outside the box, if you will, to be able to step outside the circumstances and see, you know, there is a larger world, there's a bigger picture. When what was the bigger picture for you? What did you strive to want to be when you were or when you were young? I think the bigger picture, just like most of us from the inner city of Miami, man, sports would always kind of seem to be like the way out, right? Yeah. But I, but I, I. I in a way, I, I figured it, it, it was the way out, but at the same time, I knew that there was other things that, you know, that can, that, that, that can also be a way out. You know, but like sports, rapping, entertainment, stuff like that. But definitely sports was that first, you know, vehicle that I uh, was exposed to and that started to just get the wheels turning, man. I, you know, started playing ball at a young age um, and, you know, playing sports and running track and things like that you started you take trips out of town so um you know and you're seeing guys that are from your community make it out man whether it be the brat pyramids the snoop menace uh i mean just a host of guys from uh from our community that was making it out that you say man i want to one day be able to come back and give back to the community like these guys did you know and it, and it, it didn't have to always be uh monetarily but just coming back and like being around you know, just an, as an example of inspiration. So just kind of seeing that type of stuff, I was like, man, I always wanted to have that feeling where I can come back and inspire the young kids that that may not know that there's something else outside of what they see on a daily basis. Did you did you end up playing college ball? Yeah. So interestingly enough, man, I was able to uh, go on to uh, 
one of the, uh, in my opinion, man, one of the most uh, uh, athletically rich high schools in Miami Northwestern Senior High School. Um, it started out, you know, rough because it's, you know, you 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 competing with some of the best inner city athletes and, um, you know, sophomore, junior year, didn't get a lot of playing time, senior year, you know, became, you know, a starter. So in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm I'm a starter at a school with guys like that 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 played before me, whether it be the Britney Tellis, the the Nitro Bakers, the the you know, the Yule Keith Browns, all these different guys who I looked at as, man, like these dudes was the top, you know, and to kind of go to the same high school and wear the same these same colors, man, it was an honor for me. Um but again when it comes to this recruiting process and things like that, man. Nowadays, or back then, I mean, either you had to have an amazing season or you had to have had a body of work over years to be recruited. So kind of, it was kind of one of those things. I just was hoping that I got an opportunity somewhere. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't get anything. So um, I, I I didn't even go to school right after I graduated, man. I stayed back, I was working. And one of my best friends, uh, named Antoine Bloom, went off to Bethune-Cookman. And he gave me a call. He was like, bro, you know, man, I think you can come up here, man. We can, we can, we can walk on a football team. We can take over, man. I kind of, I think we can, we can do it. So literally it was like Thanksgiving break and I applied and I got a response like December 15th, uh, that I had been accepted. So the process had, it moved fast. So I went from being accepted and, and mind, now mind you, I didn't have a whole lot of, um, understanding of Bethune Cookman University and just you know I just knew this is where my guy was at he said come up here and we gonna make it happen so jumped on it man my mom dropped me off the day before freshman orientation man and I can remember her going into the financial aid office they asked him how much she made and you know her not having enough you know income so uh this this this, this lady in the financial aid name is church man she she worked out the numbers where they took the financial aid because it was a spring semester so they took the financial aid that I would have got from the fall and put it in the spring and combined it for enough for me to be able to be on campus for one semester and man funny enough man we get there and within a week or two the same guy that invited me up to to to, to come to school uh found out that his financial aid ran out and he was leaving to go to a juco in California so now wow. I'm like you know so now I'm like man you know this is my, my boy I came up here to play you know now, now what am I what am I gonna do you know what I mean so you're back against the, the wall, like you gotta figure it out. Now, I, I'd never been like an amazing uh, student, great grades, none of that. I kinda just, again, man, that journey of, of finding yourself as a young kid and not really having a father or father figure, you know, outside inside your home, you kinda do what your friends do, what's popular. Uh, and when you start to get involved or understand girls, more, everything you start to do is more so for like girls. So. I didn't really take care of my business like I was supposed to in school. So it's just like, now, nah, man, I got to figure it out. So, man, long story short, um, I was there and uh, just kind of put my nose to the ground and said, OK, I'm going to figure this out. One semester on campus, next semester, me and three of my other guys that went to school with me as well. We got us a two bedroom apartment. So it's four of us in a two bedroom apartment. And we, we did that for uh, maybe a year, year and a half. And uh, so after being there for a year you can now walk on so I walked on in the spring of 05 and I didn't make it to the invite back for a camp in, in the fall of 05 so just a regular student and just figuring out man I gotta do something you know what I mean I, and I started to see the competition in the guys I'm like I can compete with these guys 
what it's all about just you know really focusing in and understanding you know i'm taking advantage of opportunities so anyway later later in 05 uh i think i want to say about right before the florida classic interestingly enough i uh head coach called me back and said man where you been i, I you know i've been i want you to come back out i mean i was and i and i've always been that type of guy once i once i learn how something works i adjust pretty quickly so uh going into the spring of 06 man i just i just lit it up i mean i just you know i literally couldn't be stopped and uh I earned uh, not only a spot on the team, but a scholarship. So in 06, I became a guy who walked on and got a little bit of playing time. And then 07, it was just pretty much my team in a sense. I was a co-captain of the team. So a guy who literally came from uh, walking on to being a co-captain of, uh, you know, of this team that I, you know, just recently, well, I say within two years, had been a part, been a part of. You hit on two things that I think are important right now for for. I guess the listeners is that in some circumstances you're not going to know everything about the, the situation you're about to step into but sometimes you just have to figure it out whether it's being a student or whether it's walking in on the football team you know what I mean sometimes you're just going to walk into a situation you're not going to have all the answers you know what I'm saying could you speak more to what that was like uh, you know walking into the unknown um I think that uh yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a makeup of you being able to adjust. You know what I mean? And you got to be able to adjust on the fly. So once you, if you're not familiar with what the circumstances is, is is, is uh, I've always been a guy who can watch and observe and kind of see. So I've always learned that way as well. So I wasn't a guy who kind of uh, made mistakes and learned from my mistakes. I watched others' mistakes. So for yeah. me, that made a lot of sense. Like I can. I can learn the same lesson that these individuals are learning that are making the mistakes and I don't have to go through it. So I kind of watched and learned and, and a lot of guys came up to, to school and if football didn't work out for them, they went back home. You know what I'm saying? And it was nothing for me to nothing for me back at home. So I was like, man, let me, you know, let me figure this school thing out. And I think, man, college for me, it be it was easier than it was high school. And it may not make sense to some people, but man, I can go to school, I can go to class, I can go back to my dorm room, take a nap, go go to another class. Like, so all of a sudden it started to click, man. I got around some guys, man, that was not from my city. You know, although I, hang, I hung with guys from my city, but I I, I started to, to meet other people from other places, man. And it just started to to just, just, just encourage me academically. Like, man, I can really do this stuff. You know what I mean? It just lit a fire in me, and I started to make relationships with guys and get to travel to their hometown and get to see things that was much different from what I seen growing up. So it was just for me at that point, it just kind of the light went on, and I was like, I, I, this, this academic thing is, you know, it's not as hard as I thought it was. That was my struggle, you know, finding that groove. You know what I mean? When the light goes off, you have to get in the groove and say, okay, I can do this. We had that aha moment. So how was how was school? You know with football and in school you know how did that end up uh, what are you doing now so school and football i mean was pretty much everything you know what i mean and i you know again you're talking about a guy who was a walk-on who understand who understood i had to go to class to get my grade so i was never one of those guys who had gave the coach trouble with not going to class it blew my mind that guys would come to school had full scholarships and would flunk out because they didn't go to class so i was never one of those guys who ever gave a, the, the coach problems academically or going to class because I knew it. Like, I had to pay for it. I had student loans. I had to, you know, I was out there trying to get where they were, but they weren't taking advantage of that. So, again, I, you know, 
was able to play and then uh, going into the year that I thought was my senior year, we all thought was my senior year, ended up coming, um, that I didn't have an extra year eligibility. So we had to petition NCAA to see if I can get a hardship. It was denied. So now just imagine going into my senior year that I thought was my senior year, just coming off of the junior year, the best year that I had, a co-captain. Now I'm you know, literally going to take over the team and just kind of, uh, you know, ride this thing out, see if I get opportunity to play at the next level. It was all just taken away, boom. So I'm sitting back, like, trying to figure it out. Man, it was a rough time. It was a rough time for me, rough time. Yeah. So I, you know, trying to figure it out. So what What now? Like, nah, I know I ain't do enough to make it to the NFL. And I had guys, a couple guys who represented guys who came out from my school or an agent telling me, hey, man, I can get you a workout. But in my mind, I just like, man, I ain't do enough to make it to the NFL. One of the guys I played with, uh, Eric Weems, this dude had an amazing senior season and went undrafted. So I know I didn't have anything close to that, but in my mind, again, I just told myself, man, you, 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 you didn't do enough. So I just walked away from it completely. Now, now I gotta try to figure it out. You know, I'm now I'm, you know, working part-time jobs and hitting rock bottom and, you know, it's really again now, now what, what am I made of? You know what I'm saying? So I uh, finally, you know, got into a job. I mean, I worked everything from what Dollar Tree to, to Chick-fil-A. Just imagine a dude with a college degree, you know, working these type of jobs. And man, like, and to my, like, pride, like, man, how did I go to school? And now this is where I'm at, which is, which will lead me to another point that I, that another passion of mine is just helping, you know, athletes take full advantage academically, but at the same time, athletically with the scholarship but academically as well and get prepared for life after football because only a small percentage of guys make it to the next level so um when you go to school and all you focus on is making it to that next level and then it don't happen for you now you don't know what to do and a lot of times the university leave you high and dry ain't nobody gonna reach back and say well i'm gonna bring you on you come help out the the, the ac academic department athletic department or whatever so we're not like other uh, students on campus that can do internship they can start to build their career while they're in college because football consumes so much of our time but at the same time you know you, you have to be conscious of what do i what would i like what would i like to do once i'm done playing football and just start to tell your path towards that so um again i so because i'm speaking from my experience so i wasn't prepared for that so again now i got to take these these uh little baby steps of trying to figure it out man and again i worked these odds in jobs and then I had a time where I didn't have a job and I was like man you know I, I gotta do something so end up getting on with, with racetrack petroleum a gas station man and it just for whatever it invigorated me man as a manager I just kind of again uh finding a way from the bottom I was a night manager worked overnight for a year and a half promoted to day shift and then you know eventually all the way up to uh managing a store so now I'm, I'm, I'm over a couple stores and I'm managing these stores and I decided to go back to school to get my degree in um my master's in sports management because I just my love for the game didn't go nowhere so I was like man what do I really like I like the the, the, the part of the game of evaluating guys behind the scenes I would love to sit and watch senior bowl practices or the Under Armour All-American game practice, like things like that, that guys, most guys wouldn't do, but they just love the game. So that kind of just started to inspire me about trying to pursue, you know, a career in, you know, in football. So I um, graduated and uh, man, three years, man, I, I, almost a 4.0 GPA with a ma and a master's, man. I mean, just like, again, it just, it just, the wheels start to turn for me, man. And I just like, all right, this is what I want to do. 
Now, how I get there, I don't know. So I, I, I mean, I started to do, try everything, man. Reach out to people that I think that may know guys or guys' agents and stuff like that. So nothing's really landed. So my wife and I, after we got married, I said, uh, you know, give me a year once we graduate. Uh, once I graduate, let's look for a place to, to, to move to that will give me an opportunity to just start from the bottom and work my way up. And uh, we just was looking around and for whatever reason, man, God just kept leading us back to Houston. Houston, Houston. So I ain't tell them. I mean, a lot of people. I just I ain't tell them. I told I told some guys that actually when I resigned from my job, making more money than my mom had ever made, more money than you know anybody in my family had ever made. I walked away from that job to go chase a job. That I didn't even have a job in Houston. Wow. You know, like my my wife. We went. We came to visit. She liked it. I knew uh, her move, moving from Florida as a teacher to Texas as a teacher. She would make more money than she did. So I said, well, that'll give me some time to kind of figure it out. But I had no job, but I told people, I was like, yeah, I got an opportunity with the University of Houston, you know, so I'm gonna go and try to pursue this or whatever, but I didn't have no job. So we moved and uh, about a couple of weeks after being here, I applied for an internship at Rice University as a ticket sales, um, unpaid. So I accepted that and um, great guy, man. Shoemith uh, was a, the director of ticket sales at, at Rice University. And he just, we just instantly connected. And I told him, I said, look, man, I moved here. I don't got no contacts. I'm trying to, I want to work for the Houston Texans. And the reason I did at the time, they had an African-American GM. And uh, I just was like, man, that's, you know, that's kind of down the path that I want to go. So I just, that, that led me to making a decision of, you know, take uh, moving here to Houston. So anyway, he was like, um, whatever I can do to help you, I will. So I, I, I didn't allow him to hire me full time because I knew that if a football opportunity come up, I was going to leave. Um, so I would just work as an unpaid ticket sales guy. And I was there, man, every morning, every night, you know, long days, just grinding, grinding, grinding. So nothing came, no opportunities came at Rice. But when Tom Herman got hired at the University of Houston, some of the guys at Rice knew and knew the, some of the staff at the University of Houston. So made a phone call for me. I went over an interview with a guy named Adrian Mays, who's director of recruiting, because recruiting would give me an opportunity to kind of get more experience in the scouting world. So I uh, accepted that. Again, unpaid. So I'm working for free. I'm, a, I'm 28, 29 years old working for free. You know what I mean? Trying to pursue a career in the NFL, or, you know, professionally. So uh, that opportunity led me to meet some guys in the scouting world. Um, and I actually walked away from that after we won the Peach Bowl in, in 2015 to actually go get a job again because my wife and I was about to close on the house and we needed to make sure we had all the money available. So we, uh, I uh, started working at Hertz. And while I was at Hertz, um, a position came available to Houston Texans, a year-long internship on a security and player engagement. So I applied for it, never thinking I was going get to a, get, a, get the job because I had applied for so many other jobs and it had never came through, man. So anyway, long story short, man, I accepted uh was was invited to interview for it and man god has a weird way of doing things man i you know i went for the interview and uh pretty much the guy who was interviewing me was a famu alumni <laughs> and a member of cap alpha Psi fraternity my fraternity so uh so man it's just a weird way man god kind of directed some things man and i just uh you know kind of kind of put, put my foot out there stepped out on faith and i trust the process and uh, in, uh, in, a, in a roundabout way, man, it, he just kind of honored my faith and just kind of connected the dots. What was the hardest obstacle you had to overcome, you know, dealing with your wife now? I mean, not working, a paid job, you know what I'm saying? Just, just uh, with, this, with, this, uh, with this dream in mind, this vision. 
Like, man, I, I know exactly what you're asking me, man. A lot of guys um, ask me about this a while. I, I'm willing, more than willing to always tell guys about this, man. It's, man, God, you know, you choosing the right mate or God putting you with the right person, man, is, is everything, man. My wife, you know what I mean, took this ride with me. And she believed in me, and I, again, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I had no idea. She took this ride with me. She believed in me. It wasn't easy at all, man. My wife, you know, she had been working hard and knowing certain things that she wanted to do with her with our money and buy things. And I would tell her, hey, we gotta sacrifice. Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. So it was a lot of back and forth in terms of just trying to navigate, you know, the sacrifice because I understood the big picture. Like, hey, you know, if we sacrifice right now for this small amount of time. It's gonna pay off in the end. You know, I didn't know how, um, but I believed it. And I just was like, man, if you just trust in, and I'm, and I'm kid you not, guys, that's why I love the title of this, this podcast, man. I, I, was, I would always tell my wife, man, just trust the process, man. Just trust the process. And I believe because I, you know, made sacrifices and I'm like, man, God, I know you moved me out here to not let me fall. You know what I mean? And not just, because I mean, it would. To make it here was a blessing in itself, just to make it out here and to be able to get set up. I mean, everything, man, it's a long story, man. Just to be able to get a set up and establish, my wife getting a job and no time, passing all the tests that she need to pass. Man, like all that stuff is like a story in itself, man, is a blessing in itself. So it was definitely challenging and hard part, a hard time because again, she probably have friends that were telling her like, why your husband ain't working or why he ain't making no money? You know what I mean? Like I was working, getting uh, and pursuing my dream at the same time I had a part-time job at finish line so uh, I, I was making something but wasn't really a lot of money but you know for her to kind of stick in there and hold it out like even amongst other people maybe questioning what it is that she was doing to come around full circle and you know it, for it to pay off the way it did man it was again I can't I can't take no credit for it man it's God and just you know for her for just believing in me Wow, that's amazing. The strength of a woman. That's amazing Man. right there. Uh, so what advice would you give a younger dude going through those same things? The advice I give, because I'm talking, I talk to dudes often. I've sat down and talked with you and, you know, just different guys, man. Like, start, you know, building relationships. I mean, you can start on any guys that's even playing on college teams or playing football or in high school or whatever it is. Man, start to look behind the scenes, man. It's amazing that all most of the guys that are from the communities that we are from know about football is coaching or playing. Man, there are so many other positions and career paths that you can take in this game and you can provide for your family and you can live a, a good life. You know what I mean? Like you can look up in, in the front office positions, man. There are so many different positions. It's a competitive industry. So I would tell guys early, man, start to build your network early, start to make contact, start to build relationships. This is a relationship business. You can, it, you could be qualified to the to the, the, the top. You can have every qualification, but won't get the job because it's all about relationships. So fortunate enough for me, man, like I said, I just kind of grinded it out, man. I did so many different things to try to build um, relationships and uh, uh, it was just all God in terms of just kind of putting play pieces in order. But if I can talk to, you know, guys that are starting out early, man, start to build relationships, man. If you're on campus and the college scouts are come, coming through, evaluating guys on campus, man, just start talking with those guys. Build relationships. Hey, man, I just want to know about the process. What, how did you get in the NFL? 
you know what I mean? And just start to pick their brain and then just start to build relationships, man. And just say, hey, man, this is something I may be interested in doing in the future. Any internships, you know, you know, that I can apply for. Um, and that kind of just start getting the ball rolling. If you do graduate and when you do graduate after playing, see if you can stick around the football operations department. See if you can stick around the football recruiting department. See if you can stick around with coaching and just continue to build a network like that. So, bro, I, I, I researched you, and I see in June of uh, 2012, uh, you started a uh, Sports Hall LLC. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the Sports Hall LLC? What's the mission and the purpose behind it? Great great question. So, during these, the, the time that I was trying to figure it out, right? No job. I'm in Daytona, and uh, my best friend, uh, Kevin Moy also alumni in Miami Northwestern, uh, was back in Miami as well, kind of in the same spot, man. Graduated from Colorado, was in Miami, trying to figure out his next step, you know, and he called me and I said, man, look, I ain't got nothing going on in Daytona. He was like, bro, I'm gonna come up and get you, come back to Miami, we gonna figure something out. Went back down and we started to just brainstorm on, you know, what type of platform that we can create um, to help guys, reach their goals athletically so we started to brainstorm man we came up with sport hard man so sport hard was this uh, uh, idea of a platform that we were able to give guys the opportunity to control their own destiny in terms of uh, starting to network and putting themselves out there to the recruiters now I, I don't know you guys know now like social media is so big in college recruiting right nowadays man like you have no idea how big social media is so it was going to be a plat it was a platform for guys who are uh, under-recruited or overlooked to be able to create profiles to put highlights on on a weekly basis um, to put the academic information in there to, you know, from measurables to, you know, so it was going to be like a platform where guys can start to build followers, right? So people can follow you or sport you is kind of the term that we used at the time. So we was going to use that to start to build followers and to begin to build exposure. So now during this time, we're doing this research. It's, not, it's like 2011. It was a little company doing something similar to what we were doing where guys can put highlight videos and create platforms for themselves. It's called Huddle. So now Huddle has kind of transitioned to be, you know, this big time platform, but it was kind of on the basis of that. But we was more so targeting guys who were under-recruited, who uh, didn't get much exposure, but trying to give them the opportunity to kind of uh, have their own platform and just whether it be socially. I mean, we did a lot of different things. Now. We interviewed guys who had um, followed similar paths. I mean, going to smaller schools and making it to the NFL, just kind of their journey. So we were just kind of like, that was kind of the, the basis of what we did. So we put that on pause because we both went back to get our master's degree. So he went back to the University of Miami. I went to LaSalle, University, LaSalle College to get my degree. So we put it on pause and... When I started working in college sports and stuff, I said, well, hey, let's get some experience on this stuff so that we can come back to it one day and build on that. So that's kind of where we at with it now. Um, we still do stuff like where we donate to, you know, uh, little organizations and stuff in Miami supporting the kids. But that was kind of like the premise of what we was trying to create. Right there because a lot of dudes uh, don't know the process of become, being recruited and it's all the process, you know, and, and that right there help, can help. It, it is a big help. I mean, I, I hope you go back into it and, and grow that and make that grow a little larger. You know, because we do need that. Yeah, that's the well, plan. I, I, I see you a former Miami Northwestern Bull. They're my favorite team as well, too. Um, what, are, what, are, what are some memorable moments at Miami Northwestern? Man, 
I mean, Mem Ramones, even before I became a, a, a bull, man, I um, remember watching uh, 98 Soul Bowl 2. Man, it was, I mean, it was the greatest game that I, I had ever seen at that point, man. Them boys been down 14 points in the fourth quarter, man, and, and being able to come back and win that game against uh, Jackson, man, and to, to go on to the state championship, man. I mean, that is something that has always stuck out to me, man. I, and I was fortunate enough to win a state championship uh, at Northwestern on, on track, man. It was just, that was just an, uh, an amazing year in itself, man. No, nobody really thought that we would have, we, we, we would have done that, man. And we, it was right after losing our um, head coach, Tarba Bain at the time, and uh, Horace Moore stepping in as the uh, head coach. And we had a guy by the name of Andre Johnson, man. Not Andre Johnson from the Houston Texans, but Andre Johnson from from uh, Miami, man, the 40s, man. This dude was unbelievable athlete, man. He, 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 was, he was the guy, you know what I mean? But we just had, we had a bunch of like role players, man, from, we had Tim Harris on there as, as our um, distant guys. We had Silk and Sid McGowan, our high jumper. Man, we just had we we ended up putting together a team, man, of guys that just ran together. What is Terry Perry, Trevor Ford, man? We just, I mean, we be just we just came like this machine, man, and we believed in each other, played with, for each other. I mean, it was just a miracle season, man. We went 18 and 0. We we didn't lose a track meet that entire season, man. We went all the way to the state championship and we won the state championship. It was the first time we had a, a, a men's title and over and since 1991. So that's in 2003. You know what I mean? So over 12 years, we hadn't brought home a title, man. So that was just that was one of my most memorable moments as well. So Mr. Jeffrey Pope, what is it exactly that you do right now? So as I mentioned, man, I had the opportunity to get a, a internship um with the Houston Texans and security and player engagement. What intrigued me about the role is that it allowed me the opportunity to work with the scouting personnel side of it, football operations side of it. And I was like, well, cool, it's a, it's a year long internship and I'll get to be around the scouting department because that's originally what I wanted to do. I was like, I'll just come in and I'll, you know, get to know guys and put myself in position to once this year long internship is up, then I can try to transition over to the next thing. Man, when I tell you, bro, I, I accepted the position I started working. Man, they gave me a desk in the scouting wing. So I'm in between scouts. I'm only I'm the only guy on this side of the building that's not a scout. So I'm like, man, God, man, like you just you working this thing out like where it's not even like I, again, I can't take no credit for this. So I'm doing it and I kind of start to, you know, catch my footing in this role. And I'm like, man, this is it's really pretty cool because I travel with the team. You know, I you know every game, away game, whatever. I'm, I'm I'm working closely with the players, and I'm around at the same time. I'm home more, you know, than a, I would be if I was a scout. So I said, well, it's not too bad. I get to go to the senior bowl, the combine. I'm meeting with guys as they get ready to come out for the draft. My role is 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 a is a unique one because we get to get all the backgrounds on the guys that may have off the field issues, and then as we get ready for draft meetings, and well, in the draft meeting, we present this information as a part of the profile you know, as a part of the scouting profile of an athlete. So I'm like, man, it's cool. This is everything I ever dreamed of. I, lo I love being in the draft room. I love to see how this thing all unfolds. So that was just an intriguing part about it. So as it was coming to an end, I'm like, okay, this is the first time he had ever offered this position. Nobody, they've never had this position before as an internship. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. So it's about to be up. The, 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 the scouting interns position was about to be open too because these guys was in their second year of it or whatever. So right before we got done with draft meetings, before the draft in 2017, the guy that hired me, FAMU alumnus Emmett Baylor, came and was like, hey man, 
we want to offer you a full-time job. We're going to do away with the intern. So it's the same role. We just offer you a full-time job. Now, again, man, I, I, I've mentioned this several times. Man. I can't take credit for any of this, man. He offered me the job. Two weeks later, we found out we was pregnant. Like, I don't know, you know, how, about y'all and about how you fit your faith and all that stuff. But when I tell you, bro, like, you can't make this step. You can't make it up. Like, I can't. I couldn't have planned this. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that I went from the intern, not making a lot of money or whatever you want to call it, sacrifice and then God said okay well here you go I'm gonna honor your sacrifice and then here's the, the greatest blessing ever you know what I'm saying Amen. So, so man accepting that man and then having the, the, the being involved and watching the whole process of that man has been my greatest job to this day man you know I'm fortunate enough to have a son born December 6 2017 and man he eight months to this day man and just just to see him develop man it's just been a, a blessing itself but that, that that in itself is is a blessing but kind of my role I, I do a lot of different stuff i work closely with the players the coaches i help them guys you know whatever they need kind of off the field stuff getting their driver's license transferred over car registration um i help kind of navigate things um uh, uh, that 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 just kind of make those guys' life easier. So you just start to build relationships with these guys. So that part of it is intriguing too, man, because you can you can build relationships with these guys. Now I'm not as a former athlete and as a guy who's seen a lot of superstars and celebrities or whatever. Like this is just an everyday job to me. I care more about the person than the celebrity. You get what I'm saying? So this don't overwhelm me. I'm not in the locker room and guys that the superstars out there in the world. To me, in that locker room, they are just that guy. You know what I mean? I, and I all respect, you know what I'm saying? I respect them and they respect me. You know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of gave me uh, the heads up in terms of just kind of being a guy who they trust around the organization and in the locker room and things like that. So, man, it's just been a it's been a, a, a beautiful journey. I know it ain't done yet. I know I got a lot more to do. So I'm just, I'm learning, man. This business is a different type of business. And, uh, you know, like anything else, man, there's obstacles, right? But you got to figure out how to navigate that. So that's where I'm at. And man, I'm, I'm been fortunate enough that now I'm going into my third season, man. We're in the middle of camp right now, and uh, man, it's just it's, it's it's been a it's been a it's been a beautiful journey. Hey, journey, the process, uh, man. In the process of you becoming a scout, you are you're able to touch the people. You're able to uh, do different things for the team. I mean, what are some programs and initiatives? Uh, that you can, you think that will affect the youth to have them not only like to play football, the game of football, but to see there's bigger than the game of football only playing the football. No doubt, that, and that's and that's the, I, I get exactly what you're asking, and that's what uh, I I want to hang my hat on some days to be able to bring exposure to the communities from which I'm from, where guys don't know much about the opportunities outside of playing and coaching. For them guys to know, man, there's a there's careers that you can have in this field, still be involved with the game, still continue to, to, to connect to your passion if you're unable to play um, and you don't want to coach. You know, there's other opportunities, man. So I want to be able to, to, to create something where these guys can start to, to, to be exposed to these opportunities. Because again, man, your perspective is only uh, what you're exposed to. So when you start to expose guys to other careers or other opportunities, kids, man, it's, it's amazing how it can change their lives. So that's that's something really that I want to one day um, begin to do for, for, for my community. Uh, Mr. Poe, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you, know, you taking the time out to share your story with us. 
the theme that emerged from this conversation for me was, you know, sometimes you have to start from the bottom and work your way up and you have to have faith. You know, you have to have faith and believe that there's something bigger and better out there for you, even if you're not getting paid, even if people don't value your time or, or what you have going on. But you just have to know within yourself and have faith and step out. Um, another thing, I'm just going to excuse the family rivalry to a wildcat. I mean, you know, go rattle but uh, I'm glad you all. <laughs> yeah, also, son was born on my wife's birthday, so that's pretty cool. And uh, But is there are there any last words you want to leave with people? That's crazy, man. The connection. So, Quay's son' birthday is the same day of my birthday as well. So, man, this this is just again, man, this is just some stuff that you can't make up. But uh, last words, man. I just want to lean on guys, man, that are just um, in, at that point that where I was, and they don't know if they want to take that step. And I just want to exp- inspire you guys, man. I mean, if you understand what it is you're trying to do, and if you research and figure out what the process is, you got to stick to it and you got to trust it. At the end of the day there's a reason for the process man if you stick to it and you trust it man the sky is not the limit you know you can go over and beyond that so um faith you know what i'm saying friends and faith family and supportive friends man you can accomplish anything um and that's what i have to that's what i like to leave with the people this concludes episode nine of the process be sure to follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and to like us on itunes and soundcloud thank you For who and what they are, though. Like when you don't have much, like, you know, or you just trying to figure it out, you in the space of figuring it out, and quote unquote, people immediately think because this guy is successful or this person is doing something so well that they have it all together. I just believed in the idea and the fact that I'ma not only pull through this, but I'ma pull through, I'ma pull through it stronger. And we gonna be stronger than we've ever been. And for me, the best is yet to come. You know I me, mean? whether I wear a watch or pull up in a nice car, I am who I am wholeheartedly.